guys what's up guys welcome <laughs> back to kind of funny studio ghibli miyazaki in review as always i'm tim gettys joined by andy cortez oh I, am i doubled up there's only two of him it's okay uh, I, I, I fixed it it's fixed it's fixed we got it we kevin got it. Coelho. how's it going oh whoa nick scarpino oh whoa whoa <laughs> and we do not have Belinda As Garcia today. She's say. dealing with some stuff. Uh, it doesn't sound bad, though, so I don't think we need to, like, you know, send sweet, nasty love. But you know what? Why not? Go send some sweet, nasty love to BBC Just Garcia anyway. I think just, Why not? I think it's because she's just been a mess from the Taylor Swift album. That's the I thing. Think. Like, I'm sure she's having a very hard time. Uh, it seems like she loved it, but it's it felt emotional. So you, just go you know what? Yeah, because there. The thing is, Tim, it's like when a new album comes out, you know that you're going to have to wait another several years for a new one mm-hmm. or two or so, so years. You know you're what saying mean? it's bittersweet because yeah, you have the art there. But then once you listen to it and you realize that uh, there's not much to her music, then you go, damn it. Maybe next time. Uh, okay. why, why do you oh, have oh, this? You're like, oh, people like this. Let me just hate on it. I know you don't. I know for a fact like. you don't have an opinion about Taylor Swift. I like this I is like Studio Ghibli, Miyazaki like interview. You can watch it live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Every Friday, every Tuesday, we're doing the Christopher Nolan movies. It's a great time to be alive as a kind of funny fan. Uh, you can get the show later on youtube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com as a video, or you can get it as a podcast. Just search your favorite podcast feed for kind of funny reviews, and we're going to pop right up there. If you want to get the show ad-free, patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you want to be you can also be a patreon producer like muhammad muhammad aka momo or al tribesman aka the predator i love the predator gotta love him gotta love him today gentlemen we're talking about castle in the sky this is my first time seeing it mine as well guys i don't remember kevin you've seen it before before, yeah yeah uh, I was always confused because there was that techno song that came out in the early 2000s called Castle in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? No. I don't. No? Mm. Can well, you sing it to us, please? I do. Yeah. Oh, tell me why do we build castles in the sky? You know that shit? It was in DDR. No. It was dope. It was can you sing dope. it again? No. No. You guys can loop <laughs> that. Uh, but uh, anyways, Tim, I always thought question. that I was about this. But yeah, it's but you're not about it. Tim, the, the motion you were doing there, was that you playing DDR? Yeah, my feet were I, moving. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. That's, how, I, that's how it yeah, goes. I heard the foot stomping. Yeah. Yeah. My feet be a stomping, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, Castle in the Sky released August 2nd, 1986, uh, making it the first proper Studio Ghibli form, with Studio Ghibli being formed in 1985. Uh, directed again by Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, once again, music by Joe Hisayashi. Budget of $3.3 million. We're getting up there. That's like pretty much double the the prior movie so far. And a box office of $15.5 million, which is like five times what any of the other ones have made. So we're getting prime time. You know what I mean? A runtime of two hours and four minutes, uh, which I will say a little long. A little long. A little long. Yeah. little long. Yeah. Little long. Um, 381 colors were used for this film. I don't think I'm going to be able to get that fact for everything, but it's interesting. I like that they're bragging about the colors. It's cool. We had four last time. (laughs) (laughs) It it really feels like early 90s video game, like people competing with each other. Like, ah, dude, we have have more bits here. This time we're showing 256 colors. Yeah, Yeah, how many many bits? bits. Uh, Speaking of video games, some fun facts for you here. Last week I was saying that uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, a.k.a. The Gooch, uh, was inspired by the uh, little uh, th- the mounts, whatever you want to call them, to create the chocobos in Final Fantasy. This movie heavily inspired Final Final Fantasy's use of airships. 
Which mm. is pretty, oh, that makes sense. Cool, yeah. Pretty clear. Also inspired Miyamoto for the use of airships in Super Mario Brothers Three. Wow. Mm. Yeah. How about this also? How about that? Also inspired Dawson's Creek. Exactly. James Vanderbeek, the Beak himself, mm-hmm. making, doing making it a first. <laughs> doing the just the weirdest voice the entire time. And this is this is a. Uh, I like this movie. I should start off by saying that I thought it was great. I love the style of these. I love how they just like it's sort of retro steampunk ish. But like every like even like every shot kind of looks like an old uh, you know photo you'd see of the Wright brothers, or like one of those old illustrations. Um, I, I love the title sequence that's done in Andy that like cross hatching style or that like single hatch yeah. style or whatever that is. I think it's beautiful. I think for the most part, everyone does a great job, except at moments. And I mean, I listened. This is just my criticism of the English dub. I'm sure the Japanese dub was phenomenal, but I watched the English dub because it's too hard for me to read the subtitles and process everything while I'm taking notes. And Anna Paquin and James Vanderbeek were just very weird the entire movie yep. with the voices they did. I was okay with James Vanderbeek and Anna Paquin. I was totally fine with too. I just didn't realize it was her because I guess I only know so her like, as yeah. She wasn't at, saying Baddie, so I didn't realize. At Maddie. moments, at moments, she um she sounded like Rogue, so she had a Southern yeah. accent. And then at moments, she it sounded like she just watched Aliens and was like, "I think I'll channel Newt because they mostly come out at night, mostly." I'm like, yeah, what I, I actually like her voice. Like, that's funny. I, I didn't like it. It was just all over the I place. I felt no. like it was 40% Australian. Mm-hmm. And then just changed. It, it really reminded me of Kevin Costner. How he just tried to do English for and Robin Hood for 10% of the time and just moved on. Or tried to do British, rather. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was bizarre. I, I thought she was a pretty bizarre um, performance. It, but then James, Vander, James Vanderbeek was really weird, too. It sounded like... Uh, an actor that they had cast and the actor went through puberty and he still had to summon that young kid voice. Yeah, he was definitely doing a young kid voice, which I think might have been the direction. But he has a very deep like I've smoked a few packs of cigarettes a day since I, I was 15 voice. And it, I just, it was just very strange to me. I think he could have done it. I think they both could have just done their normal voices and it would have been OK. What were you going to say? Kev? I was going to say I liked uh, all the voices. Uh, the grandma from Malcolm in the Middle was fantastic. Mark Hamill. Flores Leachman? Mark She's Hamill. Awesome. She's Mark so Hamill good. ruled. Yeah. Mark Hamill, I love- really good. That fun, like, really villainy. I'm a bad guy. Yeah. I'm a Disney yeah. bad guy through and fucking Well, through. I think it's the, yeah. it's the Joker. Like, you know, he's got, like, tones of the Joker, and we're so used to associating that with, like, the yeah. crazy bad guy. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's just dope. the that's I love Mark Hamill. I love his voice work in the Joker, but I wish he would just use his normal voice sometimes because he goes into that Jokerish thing that he does. I'm like, just talk normal. I don't like he even dipped into it a little bit last time he played Luke Skywalker. We're like, are you are you are you just can, have you not? Did you not go back and watch Luke? Did you not remember he doesn't sound like the Joker? I don't know. Maybe he's just older. <laughs> That's just the old uh, man voice. Some facts for you here. Castle in the Sky has a strong impact on Japanese popular culture with La- the Laputa effect, comparable to a modern-day monomyth for Japanese genre films and media. Um, the steampunk Bible considers the film a milestone in the steampunk genre, calling it one of the first modern steampunk classics. A lot of archetypical steampunk elements featured in the movie, like airships, air pirates, steam-powered robots, and a view of steam power as a limitless but potentially dangerous source of power. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, the difference between the the dub and sub, uh, it's it, it's kind of interesting. This uh, It's layered. There's a lot. It, similar to last week where there's multiple dubs, this has that as well. But in addition to multiple dubs, the soundtrack was significantly altered um from the japanese to english version but then throughout the different english versions it kind of got 
turned back. So a significant amount of background chatter as well as one-liners were added uh, to the movie. But the biggest change is the composer was commissioned to rework and extend his original 60-minute electric orchestral score into a 90-minute symphonic orchestral score to make the film more palatable to American audiences. Uh, And then the sound mix was completely overhauled as well. And that the Captain Christian YouTube video that I was referencing last week that kind of breaks down like what makes Miyazaki movie special. Uh, one of the key things was his use of sound and how music only plays at key moments that are supposed to like make you feel something. It's not just music the entire time as you kind of expect from like a Disney movie or something more American. And they showed a direct comparison of Castle in the Sky of a scene where uh, in the American dub where it's just like there was like tense music playing as they're like running through the, the castle in the sky and then it cut to the original Japanese version and all you hear is just just like the wind as they're as they're going it's just like it's a completely different vibe they but over that, time yeah. they they switched it back so the one we watched was good oh good okay because that yeah I love I love seeing uh, stark differences like when we you know, after binging um, the Great British Baking Show, naturally, and then watching the American version of it, and the Amer- the American version just does all the reality. Oh no, no, no! I think just comparing Great British Baking Show as a whole to American reality, rather, where American reality is dun, 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 and it's everything's drama filled, and Great British Baking Show is so peaceful and mm. nice little charming music. Everyone's it's nice crazy to each they, other. they always they always have to cater this intense sort of vibe to Americans. Uh, Tim. Mm-hmm. I'd like to add that you did really good wind noise right now. Yeah, that was really good. Was very let peaceful. Do it again. Yeah. Really Hold on, let me close it. my eyes, Tim. Do it again. I'll imagine I I'm like on the I, ledge. I felt like I was using my app headspace. Oh, oh the, I almost fell over. The I'll tell you what. That one was really good. Miyazaki really has a fetish for people hanging on by a thread uh, oh, like yeah. and almost falling to their death. Every right. freaking movie. Took off every movie. Though, yeah. A little extra grip. That's true. I get it. We've but, all like, done it. It's so it's so amazing to be here. He's done in every movie where there's someone like hanging off, hanging off of something about to fall, and there and it's so amazing to me how tense these scenes continue to be for me. Like even watching <laughs> the shots where Patsu was like where he's hanging off the bottom by by the branch, he tries to grab the other branch. Uh, I'm like my hands are sweating watching this, and I know it's an anime. Like <laughs> I know it's not even a real person, the, but there, it's so well done. There's the point where they're underneath the bridge where all the pirates are being held, and he um he like it jumps on the pillar for whatever reason he's like oh i can do this 15 foot jump jumps on the little thing and it starts breaking and as he's climbing it breaks more and more that was so much more intense than it, like it needed yeah, to be yeah. like you oh, didn't yeah. need like oh, yeah the nathan drake vibe the nathan drake vibe. totally i uh oh. I, I um this movie just didn't grab me in the way the other two had mm-hmm. um i think immediately i think i think what Miyazaki movies do great is present a sort of fascinating thought that kind of grabs you immediately and and in this one it's this girl just floats and it's mm-hmm. like what what is this what is this mystery this is really interesting and i kind of want to find out what this is about but it just it wasn't able to keep me latched on for the rest of the movie i, I wasn't i kind of i felt my interest waning i don't know if it was the actors but i know that there's I do know that, yes, in this two-hour movie, I think they could have shaved off a decent amount because it felt like they were... But before that, the final sort of... Uh, the, the climax of the movie, before the third act, leading into the third act, I felt, felt like they were... Like, there were so many minutes that were just uselessly there. Like, all the and, time she's captured in the castle yeah. on the ground, and then we see the robot. I love the scene. I'm right there with you, though, where it just takes a really long time to get to the castle in the sky. 
And for a movie called Castle in the Sky, I was expecting to get there maybe around the midpoint of the film. But we don't really get there until sort of like the third act, which is fine and is beautiful when they get there. Um, and to their credit, again, I, I'd rather they, they take their time and put more into this than, than less. But I'm right there with you, Andy. I'm like, this didn't grab me as much. And I think part of it was that tonally, it was kind of a combination of Nausicaa and Castle of Cagliostro for me, where it had these wonderful sci-fi moments and these intensities, but also this zaniness of like the first time you see, like for instance, when Dola and the pirates uh, and her like boys uh, uh, board the, sh the first ship, that big cruise liner in the sky. And it's like, boing, there's lots of weird, like kind of kiddish sort of things. So I think totally that might be a reason why it kind of drew me out of it. Whereas Nausicaa just seemed like it was pretty hardcore sci-fi. And I could see that if they had made that into a movie, getting at least a PG-13, if not maybe dipping into R for like kind of the intense moments with the insects and people getting killed and stuff like that. Yeah, and I also think that maybe my expectations are a little bit high and maybe that sort of skewed my feelings on it because a lot going into this, so many people told me this is their favorite Miyazaki movie. And I, I think it may be a combination of that uh, as well as I just preferred uh, the two protagonists in Nausicaa. I preferred Nausicaa and what's-his-face, um, as I'll just say, I'll just say, I'll just say that as well, as well. I was gonna say the boof, the boof on the boof. I preferred them as the two protagonists. I feel like their their voice acting was a little bit, I don't know, more stronger. entertaining. Yeah, I just felt like it was a stronger performance than from uh, the beak, the beak and the boof. Let's get them together in one movie. The man. beak and the boof. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. On that. I'm, I'm kind of that. I'm kind of at odds with this one because on one hand, like I to me, this is number one so far. But I also feel like I enjoyed it the least. It just had the elements of the of each of the first two that I enjoyed the most, and I feel like it did them really well. Like I agree with you, Nick. Of the the pirate characters to me are kind of my favorite part of this movie, and it's because they really feel like they nailed the Lupin vibe and just total like the tonality of it all. It felt very yeah. Team Rocket in a way that I enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like the action adventure kind of storyline of it all, like I it. I, I enjoyed the castle in the sky coming as late as it did. And I enjoyed the amount of places that they had to go. Cause each one felt like it wasn't the uncharted effect of, Oh, we got to go here now. Oh damn. It's sure. not here yet. It's not here yet. It always felt like it always was additive of where they were going. But to Andy's point, like I did kind of lose interest in it at, at some point yeah. where I was like, and again, I'm really at odds with this because I, I feel very hypocritical where I was maybe two thirds through and I was like, man, I really appreciate that this movie is nowhere near the end. And there's still so much story elements that are clearly not introduced yet. Mm -hmm. And it feels so anti-Disney where at this point we would know exactly where we're going. We have five minutes left and it's going to wrap up beautifully and end. And with this, there was a real question of how is it going to end? Like when they kind of used the spell to like explode everything, I was like, are they going to die right here? Like, yeah, that that's kind of cool. And I kind of wish that they did. But um, it's. It's weird for me where I this was the first time where even though I think this was the best made movie so far and it, it like from beginning to end kind of just added up the best. I am not super stoked about going forward with these movies in the same way that I was last week. Yeah. Kev? Yep. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that like you were saying, Tim, it, it grabs some of the, the aspects that I liked of the previous two movies that we've seen. And takes them a little further, further, where it's like now you have this whole crew of these little robbers that aren't really bad guys and kind of they, like they're trying to get money, but like they're also they're not going to kill this girl for the necklace, you know? They're doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I also like that so much. It wasn't like oh, Castle in the Sky. That's where we need to go. It was more of a like journey that you're going with this girl, where she like 
is trying to figure out what the hell's going on, meets this kid. You know, it all seemingly evolves really smoothly and naturally. It doesn't feel like suddenly like they're just there, you know? So I I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of liked it. I, I, I liked it too. I just, I don't know. When I, I think everything in Nausicaa, the, the, the tone and the vibe and the sci-fi and the story behind everything happening, I think it was just more up my alley. Uh, I love the idea of this sort of desolate, broken down world that is, you know, being taken over by a, a toxic jungle. I just think all the themes behind everything there are so much more uh, for me. I, uh, I think it also... Sorry. I was going to say, I think it also doesn't help that it feels like we're repeating Nausicaa to a degree, right? Because we have the same... We have similar main characters. We have a princess and a, a kind of a popper-ish sort of like utilitarian guy that comes to her aid that kind of like helps her in her quest and i'm not saying that's bad i think they definitely to you know to the credit of the storytelling they definitely have those the, all the beats that i need for uh for a good character arc especially with Patsy, where he like doubts himself and realizes that he can't save her and then goes no you know dola goes like you have to go back and save her what the hell are you doing he's like shit you're right i can't just like bail on her right now um like his father bail on him quote unquote so i love all those his moments but it did seem like What's that? I said his dad died. Well, his dad didn't come back, right? And so, like, I think he has, you know, it, there's just those moments of, of doubt that you want for a character, and then you want him to double down on his resolve. And we had all those beats in um, in Castle in the Sky. It's just we also had all those beats in Nausicaa, and it just felt like Nausicaa was doing something. For a movie that came out in 1984, it did something really unique, whereas this feels like a very, very, very well done, beautifully written, beat by beat, sort of like paint by numbers uh, story that tells this fantastical tale these two people. Again, it's not discrediting it at all. Totally. It's like it's still the best possible thing it could possibly be. It's just, unfortunately for me, the two that came before it, I thought just had a little bit more uniqueness. I like Nausicaa as a character way better than uh, than she Cheetah in this Cheetah. one. Um, but I did yes, like a lot better than than the boof. the uh, boofer. yeah so it's like it but it's weird because uh so there obviously there's the the fox in this as well yeah and i, I tried looking into it i was like like when i first saw it i was like oh shit are all the studio Ghibli movies like somehow related like is or is that like a stan lee cameo type thing right right, right. and future spoilers a little bit like no that's not the case um oh, but sucks. there's a lot of theories out there that um these two movies are connected um and that this is a prequel to nausicaa um, and there's that's backed up by evidence of locales and places that they they mention firmly putting both movies in the real world mm -hmm. that like it is that this is in it's our earth. world like yeah. it is earth and mm. um just like timeline stuff that kind of happens where it's like oh like the backstories we get in both movies could add up to be together i'm like that's pretty damn cool could you imagine if like a thousand years in the future after as the world's being ravaged by a toxic jungle and one day you look up you're like what the fuck is that giant floating tree what is it where did it come from? <laughs> uh, How did we get up there? Now, the one thing that I think it makes this movie very different in my eyes than Nausicaa is that, like, I don't like the message of this movie where it was like, oh, technology's bad and we're going back to the earth. Like, nah, dude, that sucks. That floating well, I don't think it was dope. that technology was bad. It's just that when you well, have it, that much power, it's going to corrupt. And that's and you have you just can't let that happen. You know, you have to give that back to the to nature. I guess Kevin, I just leave it but floating I think, in the sky. <laughs> Kevin, I think I mean, eventually someone's getting up there. I think if the message was like technology is bad, but Philips Hue lights are pretty cool, That's would true, you like bro. it? Then I'd like, be more forgiving. I'd be okay, more gotcha. forgiving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's plot. That's the funniest thing. 381 colors we're using this film. Kev, me and you got 16 million plus babies. Wow! Let's go, yeah. Wow! Show wow. me fuchsia. There it is. <laughs> 
Uh, do we have a plot song for this? Or no? I don't think I so. Cool. Uh, we're going to kick off the plot. <laughs> there it is. Plot. <laughs> ah, Castle in the Sky, ladies and gentlemen. We start with a pirate ship flying high through the night sky as an alarm sounds, uh, brings the attention to the crew uh, as another ship below them is, is flying as well. Dola, the lead pirate, um, orders her assault team to board the cruiser below. And uh, I put a note here to say I love that retro or steampunk style um, where everything kind of is newsies. I think it's cool. Uh, a young girl named Sheeta spots the impending assault. Dola uses a grenade launcher to blow out the portal of the bridge, uh, filling it with gas as her men board the ship. Sheeta's guard, led by Muska, uh, form a makeshift barricade. One tries to signal for help, but Sheeta smashes him with a bottle. I don't know if we have, I don't know how that guy's name, but it's like the right hand man for Muska, or maybe it was Muska. I don't know. Great cut here where um and this is like something you don't you wouldn't expect to see necessarily uh you may you might in the film but it's such a beautiful edit where she raises the bottle and then as she smashes it down it cuts to a grenade outside like dola trying to smash through um so it's a nice match on uh, on, on the cool. audio cut for that uh, of course she takes the crystal out of the unconscious man's pocket and climbs out onto the side of the crew of uh, uh, the giant ship uh, she tries to jump to the neighboring suites, but it's but is startled when the door gets kicked in by more of uh, the pirates. Uh, losing her grip, she plummets to the clouds below. Uh, the lead pirate screams, damn it, there goes my crystal. Uh, and we get the title sequence and a more beautiful music. And I just love how much effort they put into these title sequences because yep. they help tell the story. They help set up the world, set but they're the also just like they're just so beautifully done that one day I, I mean, I'm sure there's a cut on YouTube and maybe I'll look it up when we're done with all these movies, but watching all the title sequences back to back would be really cool. They all line I would up say best it. theme song so far for me. And yeah. like, I loved the, the vibe of Cagliostro, but like this one, it's, it's just beautiful. Man. Oh, like, that, no, this is the I'm, type of shit that I would just put on, on repeat in the background while I'm doing anything. I'm a sucker and, for the Cagliostro themes for that, for the title, the title song, the theme song itself is different, but the title song is so beautifully done in Cagliostro. But they're both great. Uh, after we come out of that, uh, we see massive airships again powered by propellers. Uh, when the, uh, and then whole cities floating through the wind in the clouds. Sorry, that's in the title sequence. We catch up with Sheeta as she falls to the earth below. The crystal on her neck ignites in a, in a, in a glow, uh, slowing her descent to a crawl. Down below, Patsu orders some meatballs for his boss, who I can only assume is Italian because A, <laughs> he's making his employees work late, uh, and, he's, and he's nowhere in sight. And B, only an Italian will want meatballs at 11 o'clock at night. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Patsu spots Shida floating down into an old mine operation. He catches her with ease until the power of the crystal wears off, and then it becomes blatantly apparent that he has been skipping leg day at the gym. Uh, Patsu's boss calls from down below. And I'll tell you, I don't, I don't really know the ethnicity of these people, but his mustache is very Italian, if you know what I mean. Yeah, here's what I, here's I what I got to say. Uh, I love the, I'd love to be in the Ghibli offices, in the Ghibli studios, and Miyazaki saying, look, we got to introduce like four different characters and this and that. And all, and the animators have been like, oh, it's going to be such a pain, dude. He's like, check this out. They all got mustaches. You don't got to animate shit, dude. Only the mouth moves. And everybody goes, oh, fuck. All right. Now we're talking. Honor, no, no, no lip syncing, man. It takes a lot of work. Just move that mustache a couple of frames here and there. And he's talking, baby. Andy, for the rest of this episode, could you please an animate a beard onto me? Thank I don't you. have the power. Well done. Well done. Uh, I'll look into it, Nick. 
Thank you. Uh, boss calls from down below as one of the old pies bursts, and we get we get it across here that Patsu is like an engineer and he knows what he's doing. Uh, he places his jacket over Sheeta and runs down to tell his uh, to tell his boss all about what's going on. Uh, all hell breaks loose, and then of course uh, Patsu hits a, a bunch of stuff and pulls a break, and then brings up a bunch of miners from the ground below. Uh, unfortunately, they found nothing, including the meatballs that Patsu was supposed to bring, uh, which I assume are now cold. Patsu. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I wrote in here. Uh, his boss orders him to oil the machine and then bounces. And this is what I love. This is how I know this guy's Italian. He's like, all right, cool. Uh, great night's work. Everyone did great. Uh, the machine's still broke, so you're going to have to oil that thing all night. Meanwhile, I'm just going to leave. And Pots is like, cool, I guess I need this job, so I'll stick around. Um, uh, let's see. While high above them, as this is going on, Dola and her men search for Shida. Uh, the next morning, Patsu wakes on the floor to find Shida still sleeping away in his bed. Uh, he pops up to the roof. Uh, with his trumpet and lets out some doves uh, climbing higher still he plays the morning call into the air uh now tim here's where we need to take stock of this okay uh kevin please listen as well he's short he's probably italian he's brown haired and he plays trumpet but not great so he's now my favorite Miyazaki character. Yeah, he's my bugle boy. Uh, Shida wakes up to the sound of the trumpet. Uh, she is rightfully very confused. She climbs to the roof to spot Patsu, uh, Patsu, Patsu, Patsu uh, being uh, assaulted by doves. And Patsu gives her some bird feed. Uh, and then uh, the doves uh, can proceed to attack her instead. And then she... Uh, Let's see. Oh, and then he tells her that she floated down from the high of the skies like an angel. And she's like, that'd be so much sweeter if you if I wasn't getting eaten alive by these doves. Could we do something about these killer doves? Uh, it's like Tippy Hedron of the birds. Uh, she remembers an airship, but she can't remember anything else. Maybe it's the 30 birds that are attacking me right now. That's what I put in this. Anyway, Patsu has an idea uh, how she got down to the ground. He borrows her necklace and then jumps off of the roof, and it does not go well. Uh, of course, he immediately smashes through the roof uh, below. Shida comes to his aid, but Patsu has a hard head. Uh, at least he thinks he does. He can't really remember because he jumps off shit a lot. Of course, thing number five that makes me think I am this character because I jumped off roofs a lot when I was a kid. What'd you say, Tim? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Sheeta yeah, sees yeah. a picture of uh, the city. Kevin, of... he already has a beard. <laughs> Kevin, the joke was that I have a beard. Already. <laughs> now, if you want, give me the mustache. Yeah, give me a big, but he has a big two mustache. beards now. Look you at him. Need, you need the giant mustache. <laughs> oh, yeah. You need the giant mustache right. to cover his mouth. No, I get it. <laughs> Boner. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Shida comes to his aid, but Pazza, anyway, uh, Shida sees a picture of the city of Laputa on it. Uh, it's a legend. It's it's a legend that uh, Patsu's dad once saw from his airship, and uh, he took a picture of it, and then he wrote about it a lot in his journal. It's a it's a castle floating in the sky, is what he said. Kevin, was Everyone's I the like, only one, Kevin? No, Andy, for sure. As soon as I saw, I was like, oh, that says that says the bitch. Just so you that- know. That's just oh, the bitch. But, uh, yeah, the whore, the la puta. That's like, uh, <laughs> like it was just so it was so funny to me. I like couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's really really funny. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I don't know what la, la, I don't know what that means in Italian. Because if it were two words, it would mean something. different, I'm pretty right? sure it means the whore. <laughs> if it was two words, yeah, because it would because it was one yeah. word. Yeah, because putanesca is uh, is 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 whore in Italian. And also, so. I've been yeah. I, and also I've been watching a lot of. Uh, a lot of that narcos, a lot of hijo de puta, son of a bitch, or like puta madre, motherfucker, you know. 
Well, as one word, it means floating city of beauty. I'll just go with that. Uh, it's the legend that Patsu's dad once saw. Uh, his dad took a picture of it and then journaled a lot about it, including uh, its people and potentially a great treasure. But no one believed him. They all called him a liar, liar, pants on fire. So mm-hmm. Patsu's sole purpose in life is to build an air, uh, airplane and find Laputa so he can prove to everyone that his father was right. Uh, Dola. He implied I mean, his father killed fun. himself, right? I don't know. His father's just gone. He was I assume like, he went on another ship for a pack of cigarettes and never came back, Kev. Because if your kid was as bad as Trump have a vision later? He's, he has a vision of his dad as he was going through the hurricane and realizes that he's doing exactly what his dad did that one time. But I thought yeah. that was just sort of like a cool little like nod to the fact that he realized he was there finally go, achieving Kevin. his dad's yeah, goal. Nice. That's better. Thank that. you, Kev. Can, can, can we make it red? Because I think his was kind of red. Yeah, no. I think I can just like a little red. I want like just a little bit so you can like, see the distinction. No, I don't can you also put one on Tim? Can you put a blonde one on Tim, Kevin? God damn it. I'll you, can put the black one. you can put the jet black one on Andy and then the blonde one on Tim. And then I'll take a slight red grayish one. Work on You're that. You're asking for a lot of things. Yeah. What else you got to do right now? We're talking about <laughs> an animated movie. Uh, let's see. Dola and the Pirates show up uh, at Patsu's and Shida sneaks out, or Patsu and Shida sneak out. As they run through the town, Shida's hat falls off, revealing her identity. Uh, Patsu tells his boss what's going down. And like a, like an Italian, he goes, I got this. Because Italians, Tim, I don't know if you know about this, we like two mm-hmm. things. We like two things, we hate one thing, okay? okay. The first thing we like, eating a lot. Second thing we like, just fighting. We just like to brawl for no it's reason important. whatsoever. First thing we hate, quicksand. That was a fucking, that was an homage. That was a, that was, that was a reference to last yeah. week, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone pay attention here. Uh, I love this let's little see. When this motherfucker goes like, hey. Make your shirt like, explode. Make your shirt explode. I'm like, oh, they're doing it. And then they did. And I really enjoyed it. And, and I just love the, the, the momentum other... of the punches back and forth. I was just like, this, this is fun. It reminds, it reminds me of the slap fighting. Yeah. Like when you watch they, the, uh, when you watch like the, the Russians do the slap battles. <laughs> that never ends well. Those it slap fights. Does. They really don't. Of course, these guys start punching each other in the gut like men, and then a full-blown brawl breaks out. Uh, Dola watches from above as men get the hell beat out of them by the villagers. She spots the kids running from the railroad track and heads back down to grab her peeps. Uh, Patsu and Cheetah help uh, stoke the fires of the engine while Dola and her men chase after them on the tracks. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I put here, I think one reason that I'm kind of digging this vibe of this, and specifically Dola, is because it reminds me of the Fratelli brothers in Goonies. Dude, remember exactly. those guys? Thank yep, you for saying yep. it. Thank you for yeah. saying it. I totally I, felt that the whole time, and I was wait, like, what? This is Hold on. So rad. It reminds me, it reminded me so much of that. It made Goonies. me want to watch Goonies but, so like, much they were that worse, I put it back right? on my HBO Max list. Oh, they were like bad guys. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were bad. actual yeah. bad guys. They ends up being yeah. cute, like, nice pedophiles. Yeah, these these uh, in Goonies they wanted to cut Chunk's hand off, yeah. like his fingers off in a blender, right. and that would seem terrified me when yeah. I was a kid. I couldn't go near And in this, they just week. really wanted to have sex with that girl. I don't know if they want who was well, young. Yeah, right? they have a I mean, crush on only, only in the American dub uh-huh. was that the case. Um, also, one of their voices. You know how one of the brothers had like a really weird voice, Mandy Patinkin. Oh, Wasn't it was it? Andy Dick. Andy Dick. Was Andy oh, Dick. was it really? It was Andy Dick. Yeah. Well, the lead one, Louis, uh, was Louis. Mandy Patinkin, who play, who was uh, Inigo Montoya in The Princess Bride. Also, he's been in about a billion other things. But yeah, I saw his name pop up. I was like, damn, they got Cloris Leachman and Mandy Patinkin? Give this film an Oscar. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Patsu separates the train cars, which derails Dole's car down the tracks a bit. The engine runs into a giant military train led by Muska's men. Uh, Shida runs away as Dola catches up to them and immediately engages the massive army uh, train with very little success. It does not go well for them at all, but she doesn't give a shit because Dola is all about that life. Uh, this, they smash past Patsu and Shida as the tracks around them crumble. Um, this is where Patsu holds on by a thread the first time. And until his grip finally gives way and they plummet to the village below, uh, Shida is once again saved by the power of the crystal in her necklace and they float down safely uh, through a little mine shaft into an underground really mine. useful necklace. It's you very know? useful, especially yeah. if you're in a village that for no reason is built over giant chasms of, I guess it's not no reason, it's a mining colony. Oh, yeah. So they, yeah. they've built the whole village hey, over this giant yeah, mine. I, I get, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of Lord of the Rings vibes. I wonder if there's some Urukai down there, Nick. <laughs> the you know, the I, guy later really does enjoyed... say something about goblins, About right? what? Oh, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the use of different vehicles and stuff of kind of like not necessarily setting the classes, but just the idea that there's these airships. They're wowed by cars still like it's like, oh, shit, they're like they got a, a vehicle and uh, or automobile. And then there's the the trains are so cool. And like just seeing especially when there's like the big tank train coming at them. I'm like, I love this shit. Yeah, because yeah, they're run by steam. Right. So anything run by steam is like next level shit. Versus the internal combustion engine, which is just weird. Um, let's see. They pop and they get to the tunnel below. Patsu and Shida camp out near an underground pond, lake and uh, snack on some lunch. Uh, and Shida tells Patsu that she comes from a town named Gondola, uh, where her parents died and all she had left were her animals. And everything was fine until Muska came and kidnapped her. Freaky looking animals, Everyone, too. Yeah, they're weird-looking animals. Everyone must be up after her necklace. It was given to her by her mother. It's been a family. It's been her family for ages. This is one of those patented Miyazaki. Listen, we got a lot of backstory, and we don't want to show it, so we're just gonna sit and tell you. We get another one of those later where Muska's like, "By the way, I've been a prince the whole time," and then doesn't yeah. go into more detail. That like that was like, just enough. Yeah, that like, one oh, okay. line. What? How did you do that? Yeah, that's, by the that's way, very my, convenient. My name also has six different words in it. Like, okay, my name is Muska de la Rosa la puta. <laughs> Whatever. Bro. Like, okay. Uh, Patsu tells her uh, that both us orphans but better stick together. And then she goes, "What happened to your dad?" And he's like, "I don't know. They never told me." Uh, I made that part up because I can't remember what happened to his dad. No, he very clearly says that like he dies because no one believed him, which to me that's, sounds like suicide. He killed that's himself. Really that's really sad. Uh, she's sorry she got him mixed up in all this, but Patsu was like, dude, my life is fucking boring. I welcome the excitement. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, and then crazy old Uncle Palm comes around the bend, and no matter how much Patsu tells him that they're related, Palm thinks they're all goblins. He's like, I've been down here in this mine for a long time, and you goblins keep coming around taking my newspaper. And he's like, there's no newspapers down here, Uncle Palm. You're reading your hand. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he also apparently joke? he also yeah with palm hand yeah no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, okay yeah. he also Great. talks to rocks a lot uh, and maybe we should get him up in the sunlight was my first thought maybe Uncle Palm needs to come back up to, to reality but it turns out we're the crazy ones uh, because when he turns out the light he, he light he reveals the cave is full of crystals that look a lot like stars and they start singing to the children as Uncle Palm tells them all that the rocks contain a little bit of Ethereum and you're like Which oh my is, god isn't Ethereum like that Bitcoin thing that uh, yeah, but the pro the name was probably inspired by this. I would imagine, right? I have to imagine. Yeah. Well, so so the mm -hmm. uh, uh, the uh, it was called something else in the Japanese and older American oh. dub, I believe, and it was a lot cooler. It was a lot cooler. Ethereum of a name. isn't cool. 
It, no, 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 but check it out. It was Hold called Unobtainium in the core, <laughs> in the movie The Core. I, I, I guess just keep talking. Why would you make okay. an Avatar reference, but then pretend it's a core reference? Because The Core <laughs> did it first, my friend. Did they? The Core did it first. Oh, fuck oh, yeah, wow. they did. Oh, I didn't well, realize that. Never mind. James Cameron is the Nicholas, thief. I I'm want so it on sorry. the record. Please raise my beard up. Please God, you move so up. much. Andy stays perfectly fucking still. Uh, Andy's catatonic. He was up till three o'clock in the morning, probably not inviting me to play Warzone. I digress. Uh, shoot, it takes a crystal out and palm freaks. The pure Ethereum crystal. Only the Laputa people know how to do that. Legend has it that they use Ethereum to make their city float. Palm makes you to put the stone away. It's making him feel sick. Oh, like, let's, they called it Volusite. No, the Volusite cool is a Ethereum. stupid name. Ethereum's Vol- way cooler. That sounds cool. Ethereum so, like, makes I, using I, Elysium. I guess the, the, the Japanese version was Hikoseki, which means levitation stone. That's the cool. 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 I think I think Volusite's cool. Cooler yeah. than Ethereum? Because it, Ethereum, I just think of the Bitcoin thing. That's the only. Well, that's yeah, the but like this kind of, Did you lose a lot of money to Ethereum? <laughs> I'm pissed off at that company. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, he makes you to put the stone away because it makes him feel sick. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. That's going to be a big thing later, but it never comes back. Uh, oh. The rocks are always restless when Lapida is near. Is near, And Patsu knows this is his chance. He's like, it must be near then because they're restless right now, right? That's what we're telling the audience. Uh, this is my chance to prove my father was right. This, we got to go. Uh, Palm tells uh, pulls uh, uh, Sheeta aside and tells her an important safety tip. Hey, he says, your crystal is even more powerful than you think, but the power rightfully belongs to the earth. If you try to use it, the power selfishly for selfish reasons, it'll end badly. It should remind us all that we come from the earth and we will eventually return to the earth. And she's like, that's cryptic, but I'll try not to kill everyone. They say goodbye <laughs> to Uncle Palm, who remains in the cave. And it's like, at this point, just have him walk out a little bit. Have him get a little vitamin D. Right. At this point, he's starting dude. to turn into a fucking vampire. Yeah. Uh, and let's see. Uh, once outside, Patsu's vibes. Exactly. Give him my precious. Like She's like, where'd the thing go? He's like, oh, sorry. I had it in my hand still. I don't know how it got <laughs> there, Andy. I must have put it down. What's uh, <laughs> outside? Patsu spots a massive cloud moving in the sky, and he's like, that's got to be Lapita because it's a huge cloud, and it's moving on its own, and it looks weird as fuck. She that tells her family, uh, has an, tells tells him that her family had an old name that she that she inherited once the stone became hers, and her last name is officially Laputa. I didn't bother writing the rest of the other 15 names, but we'll just say it's Sheeta, Maximus, Decimus, Aurelius, Laputa. Mm-hmm. Uh Muska catches up with them and knocks Pat to out, capturing Sheeta in right. the process. I couldn't think of anything better, Kevin. I'm sorry. Listen, you got it's it's topical humor, everyone. <laughs> What's more topical than Gladiator? Right? 2000 movie, right? 2000, 2001, one of those years. <laughs> Twenty uh, years ago, two two decades old. Yeah. Uh, Patsy wakes up in the cell that they burned Kirsten Dunstan and interviewing a vampire, and he's like, "What the hell's going on?" He's probably, of course. Movie. To squeeze, to squeeze his head through a little window, but he gets his fat head stuck in there. And I'm like, thing number six that we have in common. I used to get my fat head stuck in a lot of things. Uh, over oh in HQ, Muska. No, he's he's like, said this I, story like before in I the stair. The, the, the banisters, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, Kevin yeah. remembers. Yeah, you mean, oh, think yeah, I'm talking about him? A whale's head. ass. What do you think I put my head in when I was a kid? I mean, I grew up in Riverside. All we had was meth and Starbucks and staircases. Two out of three. <laughs> There it is. Uh, over in HQ, Muska tells the general, uh, who doesn't have a name, he's just called the general. Uh, he's like, "Who? I'm, I'm the boss here, man. And it sounds Damn. just enough like the Joker for me to love it. Uh, he heads up to Sheeta's room, Quick which, he, which has been, yeah. He was voiced by the same di- dude that did Goofy's best friend in the Goofy movie, right? Mm. Just listen Phil, to it. Wait, no. Pete Jr., he's, PJ. No, that, that was his about? son. It was just Pete. Right? Pete's not his best friend. 
Goofy? Well, I mean, I mean, I had a different read on their friendship, Tim. <laughs> I'm interested in that, but we'll have to we'll have to earmark that, Andy. Because no, I want to hear all this about was that voice later. By the guy that is the voice of Winnie the Pooh since 1988, and Tigger. Oh, that's fun. Mm. Uh, and the Tasmanian just... Devil. No. Oh, for reals? <laughs> There's a long list. I, I was gonna let Nick start talking again and interrupt him, but I'm, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Got it. A great bit. Uh, sorry, I didn't pick up on that. I was just like, I don't want to interrupt him. He's he's flowing right now, just like Eminem used to. Uh, he takes Shooter downstairs and shows her the body of something called an artificial an artificial intelligence. He calls something. He's like, it's something called a robot. And she's like, I've never heard of this term robots before. Just like last week's robot that was organic, but Kevin yep. swore it was a robot. And, he, and, and Muska's like, yeah, just like that. When, just this like pop, that. when this popped up, I was just like, oh, my God, they're literally defining robot. I was there you like, go. What are the chances of this? Artificial intelligence. There I, it is. I still think it was a robot. <laughs> he says, Laputa was just a legend until this bad boy dropped from the sky. And now we know it's real. The government has tasked Muska with figuring out Laputa's secrets. They want it for themselves so they can take over the world. He pointed out the emblem on the robot. It's the same emblem on Sheeta's fireplace at home and on her crystal. So we know it's all connected. Uh, and this right here would have been one of those moments where I'm like, I am also a relative of yours. So my last name is Laputa. And we could just talk about this. Um, but we get this guy's evil, so who cares? He's not going to go with him anyway. Uh, according to the legend, the same technology that keeps Laputa floating is what allowed Laputa to rule the world. It's super powerful technology, and he wants it. She wants He wants Shida uh, to help him figure out where it is so he can go take advantage of it. If not, Patsu might have a little accident, if you know what I'm talking about. He might choke on his meatball, Kevin. Uh, also, Muska is aware of Shida's full name, which translates to the ruler of Princess of Laputa. She's the rightful heir, so she can get him in. What's up? Um, I was gonna ask if the meatball thing was a sexual thing, but I'm gonna drop it. Uh, later when yeah, we hear fine. his name, yeah, it's a like, joke from earlier. Wait, why would it be a sexual thing? Get your head out of the, the gutter. The tone it's was you said meatballs. it, right? You guys no, saw the it's tone. It's because when I was a kid, I used to ha- I used to just handle meatballs left and right until my mom would be like, "You're gonna throw up. You can't put another meatball in your mouth because I can see the last one. It's still in your throat." It was gross. I don't like your Also, my mom used to make things. meatballs with Wonder Bread and a lot of cheese, so they were dense and light at the same time. It was fucking weird. It sounds so like good. sounds like your mom oh, reads some new, new recipes. Nick. Yeah, maybe she does, bro. Maybe she does. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. You can get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and make Makes home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. Uh, a couple days ago, I was telling you about the, that sweet burger that, that Gia made. I can't stop thinking about it, man. It was so good, and uh, she had so much fun making it. She has been she loves all these new little, little cooking journeys that she's going on. That's what she refers to them as. That's not true. I do, uh, but she likes that. HelloFresh offers so many recipes to choose from each week to help you break out of your recipe rut. HelloFresh offers contactless delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. Now it's better time than ever to try this out because – you don't want to be going to the store. That's dangerous. HelloFresh is committed to making fresh, delicious food available now more than ever and has taken extra steps to keep its employees and customers safe. Um, it's really great. You check it out. Let's see. Uh, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash 80morning and use code 80morning to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. You can visit HelloFresh.com for more details. She also made some sweet pork chops recently. I'm a big fan of pork chops, turns out. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 80morning and use code 80morning to get $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. 
Um, then we're also brought to you by ExpressVPN. I know most of you are probably thinking, just use incognito mode. Guess what? Incognito mode doesn't keep you safe. It doesn't keep you private. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider, aka ISP, uh, can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why when you're at home, don't go online without ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter you get your internet from Verizon or Sonic or Comcast or anyone else. ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. That's some scary stuff. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure service so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. Uh, It's also available on all of your devices, smart TVs, phones, computers, everything. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Uh, Visit the link at expressvpn.com slash morning and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash morning. Expressvpn.com slash morning to learn more. Finally, of course, we're brought to you by MeUndies. We we know how much we all love MeUndies. I'm wearing some right now. I think they're just black on black. No, I'm wearing blue today. Kev, what about you? How you looking? I got uh, little pizza ones on, and I got another ten coming. Ten. Those pizza are Whoa. good. The pizza, the, yeah. pizza, the, the bright, kind of funny blue ones, right? No, it's more of a like teal color. Okay, okay, it's a beautiful teal with them oh. pops of pizza no. left and right. Andy, my, how you yeah, doing? Mine look great. Mine look great, dude. I got, I got pink oh, lemonade. Oh, pink lemonade. Got pink oh, lemonade, you know and these have the front, and these have the front flap that I so desire. Yeah, wow. yeah. These well, are the brand I new don't. Ones, yeah. There's options there at MeUndies.com. I prefer not having that. Uh, MeUndies offers matching pairs where you and your partner can order undies with the exact same prints. Um, in other words, match your bottom half to your better half. They also have uh, things you can match with your with your dogs. These little uh, buddy bands. Am I getting Moose one? Oh, you better can't believe Man, it. I, yeah. I messed up. I ordered all mine, and I, I didn't think to order one for, for Cecil. Well, that's wow. the thing. They have these, like, not seasonal, but, like, ever rotating designs and you can only get the matching designs at the same time back to the future design is the latest one i want to get a set for my whole family they're cool they're cool to get 50 percent off your first order free shipping and 100 percent satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash morning that's meundies.com slash morning to get 15 percent off your first order free shipping and 100 percent satisfaction guarantee meundies.com slash morning back to the plot Back to the plot at hand. Sorry, Duh, I thought I had a call. That, that sounded kind of cool. I want, how about this, how about this, how about this? I want a plot right now. I can't remember oh. the next line either. What? That, that was, was going to be dope. It was going to be real dope. It was uh, dope. Let's see. Muska. Let's see. Back. But, uh, they tell Patsu. They're like, look, dude. Uh, you got to forget all about Laputa. It's a military operation now. You got no business here. But Pacha's like, I can't forget about it. It's my whole purpose in life. That and playing trumpet for my doves and take care of my vampire Uncle Palm. And everyone's like, this kid, this kid's got some problems, man. Uh, Shida watches as Patsy, let's see, Muska uh, gives him a couple bucks and says, hey, man, good job, kid. And then he sends him on his way. And then Shida watches as Patsy disappears over the horizon. Muska tells her to remember the words that bring the crystal to life. Uh, keep her promise. And one day she'll be free, too. He's like, if you work for me, good. I'll, I'll free you, too. And she's like, I fucking doubt that, bro. I doubt that. Uh, Patsy returns home uh, as he does so. I love this moment. He trips and the coins like that paid him off fall out of his pocket. And he reaches, he grabs them and he goes to throw them. And then realizes, no, these can these can buy me some bread and maybe some more birds, maybe a little another trumpet. Who the hell knows? I don't know how much coins are in this in this town. <laughs> maybe three more trumpets. <laughs> maybe three more trumpets for my birds. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, when he gets of, home, of course. 
Sorry, Go I was going to say, do you guys think his birds were okay? Because when he left, he was just like, all right, guys, I'm going to leave this it. door open. You do what you want. <laughs> yeah. They probably just They're kept good. returning there until they, they uh, starved to death. HelloFresh.com slash 80 morning. <laughs> they they morning too could have worked. Whatever. Um, was it morning? 80 morning. 80, 80 morning. Was it? Was yeah. It? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> he You're tips right. like, oops. <laughs> Right. Uh, when he gets home, Dola and her brothers are waiting for her for him. Uh, Dola ca- uh, calls him out. They offered you money. And you took it. You just ran like a little. Bo- you, you ran. You're just a scared little boy who ran away, is what she says to him. And then uh, shout out to Cloris Leachman here, dude. She does a great job. She lays it all out. She must have made a deal to save his life, and he stupidly let her go through with it. And the kid's like, "Damn it, you're right." I should just stick to playing trumpet. Dola intercepts another military signal. They're calling in the airship Goliath. They're gonna take Sheeta away on it. We gotta go save her. Patsu begs. Uh, Dola to come uh, with. He tells her that the the crystal won't work without her. Uh, we got to go get Sheeta. And Dola's like, shit, you're right. Uh, Dola tells him he that if he comes with, he might never come back here again. And uh, and Patsu is like, I don't care. And he lets his doves out free. And he sets off with the pirates and their cool little. I like the the pirates like have little like dragonfly like ships that go into the bigger ship. His design. I guess they're like moths. Yeah. Uh, or like I don't know. They their their no, wings are kind of like bee like maybe flies. I was like, yeah, they're like the dual wing thing. It's cool. Yeah, but it was. Um, I, just, I love airships, man. Yeah, I, I love like, airships and technology. the diversity he has. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Uh, Sheeta looks out the window longingly. She recalls a time shortly after her parents died when her grandmother taught her a spell, which translates to "save me and revive the eternal light." Of course, when she uh, accidentally recites the words, her crystal goes bananas. The power wakes up the robot in the dungeon below. Uh, Muscatel takes note too. He comes in and finds her holding the sacred light. It's not just a legend. He wants that spell. Uh, and then, of course, all hell starts breaking loose downstairs. The robot uses its laser eye. It tries. To, I love this scene because it tries to get out, and the guy's like, "Shut the door!" And they're like, "It can't get out." Terrifying. And then it just uses its laser eyes to cut a bigger hole in the door um i uh the, the, dope. all that the sort of felt cool. really you know forced with you know oh my grandma taught me spells like it just kind of it really felt out of nowhere it reminded it, me a lot of out like, of nowhere it reminded me of a lot what harry potter does where they it, like they it you end up having the payoff at the end of the movie and that feels like oh shit those are the spells that happened in the beginning but really, the spells at the beginning felt really forced, <laughs> yeah, and like taught in a weird way that were just kind of like thrown in there. You mean um, in spell class? All right, come on, right, Nick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't understand what your criticism is here. Where, I don't yeah, understand what, why you have to just drag Harry Potter with you. It's a good opinion. It's yeah, the right. Tim's with no, up, we made well, we made a we made a ring that fucking is super <laughs> powerful. <laughs> We fucking made a ring. What are you in the power? Nobody can tell. Oh, you turn into invisible, and then the bad guy can see you. That sounds like a weak power. This is what they do. Hey, let's this go on a long do. walk. Nick, you want to go on a long walk? Oh, no, you know what, Kevin? Only, only if we can, after we're done with the long walk, you know what we can do? Walk some more. That sounds fucking No, great. Nick, they fly back. Why wouldn't you say only we could fly back? I was going to say, I was going to say, what I was going to say is we're going to go for a long walk, and then after we're done walking, we're going to climb for a long period He of time. did the plot. <laughs> they climbed for so long. <sighs> Poor Tim has to put up with us. Tim just is, is just drinking a spiked LaCroix right now, and he's like, let the week end. Uh, Muska's men retreat to the Goliath as the robot destroys pretty much everything below. Uh, uh, Patsu and Dola approach. Shida tries to stop the robot from destroying everything as the Goliath takes off. Uh, Patsu spots Shida on the tower and makes a beeline for her. They fly up to rescue her. So the robot, uh, this is actually before I'm sorry, uh, the robot catches one in the chest and she thinks it's dead, but it's not dead. Uh, it's it was just a like, great animation, starts blasting everything. Yeah, uh, I and love then, the way that looks that deep, sort of impacted crater yeah. in the chest. And you're like, oh, it's done for, and then it just nope, 
Is and the, then there's uh there's a moment also where the robot looks at her and then like touches the symbol on his chest and then activates the beacon of her crystal that just points like eastward toward Laputa. Like we gotta get back to Laputa. Laputa, yeah, let's go, so baby. It's really cool. cool. When the robot got blasted, I was like taking it back. Yeah, because I was like, holy shit! Like that, it it felt scary is not the right word, but I felt it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, damn, man! Like and, I didn't want and that it to was- happen. And it was the animation. I think the animation really uh, evoked that feeling because it, it just looked so visceral and violent, you know? Yeah. yeah. For uh, a movie it, that isn't that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it dislodges. Uh, the, she drops the crystal and it ends up falling to the ground as Patsu comes in hanging upside down and grabs her. Um, she's, of course, stunned and saddened by the fact that the robot has passed. Uh, they fly up. Let's see. Oh, I, I love this part, too. So, so he comes to get her, right? Originally. And the robot like grabs her and she's like, no, please let me go. But, it, but what she doesn't realize is the robot's actually protecting her. It realizes and it reaches out and puts her like delicately on the ledge so that they can come save her, which I thought was really cool. And then it takes another shell to the chest and actually dies. And she's uh, crestfallen by it. Uh, let's see. As uh, That's when Patsu hangs upside down and grabs her. They ride off as the pirates gangs lay down some smoke behind them to hide their escape. Uh, but they don't need her anymore. They found the crystal she left behind and it still possesses the sacred light that points to Lapida. So Muska has figured out how to get to this lost city. Uh, Patsu asks Stola when they get uh on the ride back if they can become pirates and she's like yeah but man pirates are it's not it's not all just drinking beer and chasing treasure man there's a lot of hard work that goes into being a pirate also once we get back to my ship you will see how unbelievably unsafe it is it is very much (laughs) there's no guardrails kevin and at At, one point when they have to climb to the crow's nest it's just outside the ship yeah i remember at one point he's like what is this made of cloth and she's like yeah don't fucking tear it yeah don't rip it he's like fuck all right (laughs) also i like that as soon as they're like all right you can be part of our crew like all her kids are like we don't have to clean as much because we're not on the bottom yeah, they're like, it's such a, like, how long have these poor kids been hazed for? Has it like been 20 <laughs> years until they recruited someone else? Uh, there is a wonderful moment here where as they're flying past the town, Patsu looks down and he sees his old house and then it disappears as they as they fly past it. Um, they rendezvous with Dola's ship, which is lovingly referred to as the Tiger Moth, which is dope as shit. And the crew cool. uh, immediately separates them. Dola takes Sheeta to the bridge uh, where she kind of lays down kind of what, what how, how they're a route, how they're going to get to Laputa. And then Patsu is taken down to Pop in the engine room because he's got some skills and Pop needs him. Uh, Sheeta helps Dola map out the direction. Uh, and they set sail and go after uh, Muska and the, the rest of the army. If they can catch the wind, they can catch up uh, they can catch up to them and hopefully get to Laputa by tomorrow. Uh, and then Dola dresses Sheeta up as a real pirate and takes her to the galley and says, oh, you, you, you thought you were going to hang out with me in the bridge? Nope. You're going to cook and clean all these dishes while your buddy uh, is down there in the engine room getting all greasy. Uh, she rolls up and then she has a great moment here where she's like, I don't want to do this. And then once Lil leaves, she's like, well, guess I have to. And then she rolls up her sleeves and just gets to work. Um, we catch up with Patsu as he's literally hanging off the side of the ship midair fixing a rudder. And I'm like, damn, they do not care about safety at he all he was tied no. in he was fine he had a rope on him it would have hurt if he fallen but he I, was I love this because it, it reminds me of so bad kev have you ever seen those old pictures when they were building like um yeah, like empire State building. yeah empire state building when their yeah. guys are just eating lunch yeah, like 40 stories up no safety harnesses they're just sitting on an i-beam yeah it, a lot of people, people were tougher lot, back then no man. a lot of people would die back then yeah go look yeah. up how many people died building the empire tougher I, guess. I would just say a lot of more people there's ignorant to just safety. <laughs> I don't know. If it... Well, Andy, that like safety in construction is still a concern now because it takes a little bit of time to get all the safety equipment on, and people are like, "This job's gonna take five minutes. 
it'll take me longer to put on Kevin, this gear. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Safety, safety, safety with Kev. Watch out, kids. Wear your PPE, everyone. Wear your what? PPE. PPE? <laughs> Wear your PPE. It's an official leak. You gotta make a kiki. I hate you guys. Do you guys not know what PPE is? PPE no. is the professional people. Pro protection, of protective equipment. Uh, professional yeah. protective and a personal protective equipment. You know too much about shit, Kevin. You're I, too smart for us. We don't grandma, I need, grandma I need to make a kiki. Grandma, go make kiki and get pee-pee. Oh. Yeah, you left at the wrong time, Tim. Uh, we got that. Let's see. Uh, Louis, and this is where we get the scene. Louis sneaks in to offer help to Sheeta, but doesn't realize that one of his brothers is already there. And then slowly, slowly the whole crew comes in because they all have a bit of a crush on her. Uh, Pop and Dola they, play. They chess. all have like a hardcore crush that, like, I guess the United States likes to put that sort of over sexualized tone on everything. I, the, chat, the chat was saying that even in the um, Japanese version, it was also creepy and there was weird undertones. I, I was reading like trivia and it was just like there's a certain line in the American one that yeah. like crosses a line. Uh -huh. Um uh, and I, I don't know exactly how it translates, per but there was other things they were saying of that just in general their the characters ages feel different between the two um versions uh -huh. where they they're played up to be a little bit older in the American one and they're younger okay. in the That's what I was going to ask cuz they look like they're supposed to be let's say being generous 12 Realistically, I feel like they look like they're ten, um, but people act like they're sixteen. So yeah, I don't know. I would have put the mid-teens, but I think this scene was supposed to be endearing, um, but it it just ended up not aging that well. Uh, but either way, uh, we move on very quickly from it. Uh, Sheeta, uh, let's see. Uh, Pop and Dola play chess, and Pop asks her why she's uh, going after the a ship like the Goliath. He's like, it doesn't sound like it was not a good idea. And she tells him she's I'm in it for the treasure, and Pop's like, sure, you're in it for the treasure. I like those kids too. And it's a very endearing moment where we realize that Dola, she's, she, she tries to be all big and bad, Tim, but she's a big old softy when it all comes mm -hmm. down to it. Um, and she does not care about safety at all. Apparently, uh, the tiger moth is a real type of moth. It looks sick. cool. It's a cool looking moth. Andy, you shouldn't name. look it up, though. Andy, you're, you're going to get scared, Poppy. Uh, Patsu gets woken up early uh, the next morning to go on duty as the lookout. And again, this is where we get that horrifying scene where he has to climb up to the crow's nest on the outside of the ship. And I'm like, I will never go on a blimp. Hindenburg, not for me. <laughs> not for me. Uh, Sheeta uh, wakes up as well. and I'm just seeing airplanes, Nick. Or, or Kev. Tiger moth? Really? Because like, I'm, yeah, I'm seeing, seeing lots of them. I, I can Google, show you. I, should I put a space between tiger moth? Yeah, yeah. Just Why would you put it one word? Type in F sixteen like, and see like if it Google. comes up with something. Cool. Do you hear my Google responding yeah. to me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I, what you're typing I, is stupid. Kev, I YouTube, cool I YouTube Tiger Moth versus Millipede, and there's nothing. So yeah, yeah, no, it's no, good. No. The Millipede would consume the Tiger Moth like Early a light like snack. Him. Uh, she catches up with Patsu and she joins him on the crow's nest uh, and he she gets cold so they share a parka uh, Dola of course is listening below as they talk uh, and, and she admits so that she's nosy, scared you know? well I mean it's just like it wasn't her fault they just don't realize that all these pipes go over which is actually well, interesting I just watched um, which I'm gonna call I just watched that movie with Tom Hanks on Apple Plus uh, where uh, Greyhound oh. Oh. I didn't realize sh ships really have those things yeah no I they never do knew that. well what's funny is like they know because later like moments later when he's they see the other ship he yells directly into he it yells into it yeah yeah so um 
but they're just having a nice conversation here. She doesn't want anyone else to die like the robot. Uh, all of this because of a stupid spell her grandma taught her. Uh, she has a, she's like, but my grandma taught me a bunch of spells, including the spell of destruction. <laughs> Uncle Palm was right. The power of the crystal can be used for evil. That sneaky old bastard. Uh, she w- don't, bro. You you know. Andy, you've lost your uh, ability to talk about Harry Potter for the rest of the <laughs> You cannot I speak like, ill of Harry Potter. You said the word. I really you. liked the scene of where they're on top of the blimp and like there's the the tubes and stuff and uh, Dole is in there listening. Like the way it was animated and, and the way it's edited and cut. Like it's just weird, subtle things where I feel like this wasn't very necessary for uh, mm-hmm. Dola's character, but it added so much. Like it just like it kind of fleshes her out and like you see her in just where she's like falling asleep, but then like opens her eyes like depending on what they're talking about like mm-hmm. i like it because it really makes them not seem like bad guys yeah but it makes them seem like they, they still have their own self-interest they still have their the things that they they want to do and it's like i just it feels so fleshed out and real in a way that you don't often get in what looks like a kid's movie but very right. clearly isn't very true uh of course she says you know uh w- once all it's done and they know lapita is safe uh hopefully delo will let them go so they can go back to gondola and he's like yeah we'll go back to gondola he's like i want to see everything i want to go i want to travel with you we'll get all this done uh but of course before he does that Patsu spots a massive shadow underneath the ship and it is the goliath and it is big and it immediately opens fire on tiger moth so dola orders them to hide in the clouds and i just want to give a quick shout out here to the sound design where when they break through the clouds, it sounds like a ship breaking through the tide. It's so cool. Um, except you like first, so you blink and you're like, oh wow, it just it looks like a submarine kind of coming up, but it's yeah. not. We're in the clouds. It's very well done. Very tight. Uh, uh, Dola orders Patsu to keep sight of the Goliath uh, using the crow's nest, which turns into a cool kite. Uh, Dola tells Shida to come down, and she's like, you got to come down. This is man's work. She goes. But you're the captain of the ship, and you're a woman. And Dola's like, ha you got me. That was a test. Get your ass up there and get to work. Uh, they take off and float high above the clouds. And, man, again, this does not look safe because they are just tethered by the world's longest uh, telephone on a string. They're just kind of out there floating around. Uh, and uh, Patsu's like, this is really dangerous. We should tether ourselves. Like, we should we should uh, bolt ourselves in. Or not bolt ourselves. Tie, our, tie, tie each other to each other. Tie one another to each other. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Tie ourselves together. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Uh, Patsu and Cheetah realize they're heading the wrong way. There must be something confusing the compass. It's probably the crystal or something. I don't know. We don't know. But as the wind bounces them around, Patsu gets the bright idea to tether them together. What did you say, Andy? How do you? you? It doesn't matter. She (laughs) spots a massive cloud heading for them. It's it's uh, the one. He's like, Patsu, that's the one I saw before. That's got to be Laputa. Also, it's just no cloud would move that way. So something fucking weird is happening there. Dola thinks it's the eye of a hurricane. She orders them to pull out, but it's too late. They're being dragged in. Uh, Patsu tells Dola that Laputa is at the center of the storm. He says, stay the course. It's in there. Uh, this is just the kind of hurricane that my father wrote about before there he is spotted nothing, the city. There is nothing cooler than things being hidden at the center of a storm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like the coolest concept in fantasy slash sci-fi i love the idea that it's sort of like always kind of being protected it's just a cool thing but the thing what what is hidden though what could be cooler than than something's hidden that's something being a castle in the sky but what if that castle in the sky had an underwater city in the sky what the fuck that's awesome that's yeah it's dope that part's amazing um patsu tells them to stay the course uh they get uh struck by lightning as they're out there um and uh, at some point, they get separated. But when they get struck by lightning, this is that uh, spot that uh, Kevin was talking about earlier where Patsu looks over and he sees a vision of his father piloting through the same storm from years earlier. So cool. 
beautiful moment. Uh, I love that. when movies do that. I, mm -hmm. I absolutely love that sort of quick silent shot with no down, with no sound at all. It's just completely silent, and we see, you know, his father kind of look back at him. I when movies do that, it always gets me. They break through into the calm skies and spot the trees of Lapida below. Uh, the kite crashes on a cliff uh, as, as the clouds clear. We see the great city of Lapida. Uh, Lapida. Sh uh, Shida and Patsu walk in a bed of, uh, excuse me, wake in a bed of flowers and take in the view. A uh, cute moment where they try to get up, but they're still tied together. So uh, even they can't, you know, so as they start jumping for joy, they fall down. They almost kiss at some point, uh, but they fall in the process. And then a robot comes to greet them. Uh, the robot picks up the kite and Cheetah freaks out. She's like, no, you can't, you can't destroy that. That's our only way home. But it turns out it's not trying to destroy it. It's just trying to move it because they've landed on a bird's nest that has eggs in it. Um, and it, it turns out these robots are the caretakers of the city. Uh, it leads them through a vast landscape where we talk about where Tim was talking about where we see an underwater, like we see an ocean uh, with fish and all sorts of aquatic life. And then we go into um uh, they uh, they go into oh, where do they go from there? Wait, uh, the robot quick, uh, the robot's sound effects when it's when it walks is really cool. It's got yeah. this sort right. of like like Very right weird. the right step has a weird sound effect mm -hmm. and the left step has an even weirder. It's it's almost musical at, at a point. Go ahead, Captain. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, just a question on the design of this building, the structure. Why was part of it underwater? Like why was there like a little city. city in there? But here's the thing. So imagine there's no water there. Suddenly they've got beautiful little grass fields and then a, f what, let's say 15-story drop? 400-foot drop, yeah, yeah, probably. That seems yeah. like a poor design choice. I mean, this thing's magical. It's a magical city. I mean, I as they go so. in, of course, they I guess if they, they all look. have necklaces and they'll float. But only yeah. she, like, her family had the necklaces. Not everybody, right? I got but the vibe like that this whole thing was mystical and magical and had a bunch of weird shit, like the invisible walls and oh, all yeah, the animals were weird, which is something that I didn't like that we saw weird animals earlier. Like, I liked that the mystical animals being on this, but, like, the pig we see earlier didn't look like a pig. I mean, we saw a goat that looked like a large, uh, what, what's the giant uh, rodent, the, the the world's largest rodent? The chupacabra. No, the... No, the... capy something? <laughs> capybara. The capybara. The capybara. Oh, yeah. It looked like a capybara, kind of, <laughs> except for with a mustache. That, wasn't that where, from up there, though? No. She, she was hanging out with the capybara. Like yeah, but when she gets valley. the flashback, she was like, I had my animals, and that was it. And then in the later, valley of the she's wind. like, I also yeah, had my grandma. Right. And Pots is like, you're a fucking liar. You're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, break, they break through the jungle, and there's a clearing, and they see a massive, massive tree at its center. And uh, when they look up, they, they notice that the canopy for the tree is what's, it's what's providing all of the, the roof to the entire castle in the sky, the, the, the whole city of Lapida. It is this massive, massive, massive tree. Tim, um, I'd like to start my list of favorite things. I'm going to put number five. Giant trees. Anytime you got yeah. a big tree in there, you're gonna win points for me. All right. Okay. You ever see that? You ever see that? Everyone's climbed a giant tree, you guys, in Santa Cruz. I've climbed many a giant tree, guys. But how? Yeah, but this was the giantest tree. It's 127 feet high, I think. Wow. Tree nine, something like that. In uh, was that legal? Was, was that a legal thing you did? Yeah, it's it, it's like you? a big thing in Santa Cruz, like the school you see Santa Cruz. Cool. Did you have cool. to? Did you have to swallow a banana slug when you got up there? Santa Cruz. No, but oh, yeah. like Tim, Nick, Nick, <laughs> when you the get one thing I know about Santa Cruz, <laughs> Nick, when you get to the top, film there. You, when you get to the top, it's crazy because there's like a Y thing on the top where the branches are kind of like this, and you can sit in it, and then there's nothing. You're just 130 feet up in the sky, no protective stuff. I got, I don't got no PPE. You know what I mean? So I'm just yeah, sitting no there, PPE. slowly no swaying. PPE. It was, it was crazy. It was really an well, experience. Smoking a cigarette, Nick.
Perfect. I would too. Why not? You're about to die. At the base of the tree, they spot a <laughs> monument with writing on it. They ask the robot what it says, but that's not the same robot. They're like, oh shit, it's a different robot, but this one's not active. And then they look around and see a bunch of all the all the other robots that are not active and they realize that they've all they they used to be there a long time ago and they must have been the caretakers and protectors, but people have been gone for so long they've just basically grown into the city and the only one left is this other is this one robot that disappears and never comes back for the rest of the movie. They remind me the of the city uh, is being assaulted. The Breath it, of the Wild. It disappears uh, in a weird way. Yeah, the Guardians. Guardians. Yeah, Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It disappears in a weird way where, like, I feel like they're even fucking surprised where they look at a robot yeah. and it's like, that's not our robot. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, it's kind of crazy. Uh, they ask, let's see, uh, uh, Sheeta has a line where she says, it's so sad that the robot's here by, all by himself. He must be lonely. And then we see the uh, the fox squirrels pop up and Patsu's like, she, he's not lonely. He's got all these amazing animals. Did you guys freak uh, out? And, yeah, I did. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, this shit's connected. Out. This is dope. It was tight. Interconnected I, couldn't think of his name. I couldn't think of his name though. Like Teto, 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 Potato, Potato, Let's see. An explosion down below alerts them to the presence of the soldiers. They found it. Uh, Muska's made his way through. Uh, they've taken Dola and the men hostage and are looting the city for its jewels. But Muska's like, yeah, keep keep going for those jewels, you freaking idiots, because the real treasure is down below. Uh, it's just these jewels are just a distraction, even though they look like you could probably fund your own army with them. Shida wants to stop them from destroying the garden. And Patsu tells her they have to find the Ethereum crystal. Uh, they've got that crystal. We got to get it back from. It must be what cleared up the storm clouds and allowed the army to land. If we have that, we can control them and kick them out or something. I don't know. Now the castle has awoken and it's from its sleep for whoever holds the crystal. Uh, and the spell of destruction might be their only way to help. We got to get that crystal first so she can cast it. Uh, they spot a landing below the Goliath and sneak down. Uh, the whole thing looks uh, all this thing to me for some reason reminded me like of a like the end level in Legends of Zelda for some reason where it's all just yeah. like it looks like they're yeah. climbing around a cool yeah, temple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Nick, awesome. quick, quick question for the for the group here. Sure. Yeah. Earlier, when uh, Mark Hamill grabs the crystal, it burns his hand. Remember that? You guys remember he like touches it and he's like, "Oh." I think that's when mm-hmm. it was activated. But when it was it was doing the spell that she had cast, which was like intense. Okay. Because later he's he's like it's glowing. Like he he literally gets it glowing before he opens the door to like the little yeah. inside, and it seems to not burn him there. Yeah, Weird, but you know? I think I think it's maybe because he hadn't said his eight names yet. Yeah. You know, as he soon says as those names, Andy, I like as I was saying Lapido. that he he touched the door. I was like, ah, uh, he did say his name right before that. But like, mm-hmm. you would think that he didn't have to like tell the crystal for it to. He like, revealed stop his true him. self, Kevin. He revealed his true self. It's true. Uh, Patsu, of course, tries to jump to the platform, but it falls apart, leaving him hanging on by a thread. Uh, and then, man, uh, uh, Muska grabs uh, Sheeta. And uses the crystal to enter a hidden passage in the city. Uh, they shoot past Patsu, snatch up Sheeta, and uh, take her into the structure. Patsu yells after them. As he, he's like, I'm going to come get you. But he watches as the door just mysteriously uh, disappears and the wall is whole again. Dola and her men spot Patsu. He tells them that Sheeta has been captured and he's going to save her. Um, but it's like he pops up to like a little brick underneath her and he's like, I'm going to slip you a knife. And it's going to be cool, but when you're right, ready, just run. Right before that happens, the the soldiers are told that he's down there, right? So they're trying to shoot. They can't get it. So one's like, you know what I'll do? I'll throw a hand grenade in this hole. Mm-hmm. And then it explodes, right? And she, like, pops up. They make a farting joke. Very tasteful, <laughs> I thought. <It> wasn't <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then his little hand comes out. How did he survive the hand grenade? Because he's a, he's a survivor, Kevin. Italians. We just Sorry, the question was for Andy. Uh, see, Kevin, um, powers, spells, you know, 
That's that's what this, you know, you could just write it all off with spells and powers, dude. Truth Very be told, that's probably the answer. Of I course, don't he like all her. this like Harry Potter like innuendo <laughs> insults that you're throwing out there. I just want you to know that. Right, I like to slipped, figure wave. Like, mm -mm. <laughs> she slips him a grenade launcher, and as he takes off, she says, "The boy has become a man." Uh, the general gets hip to, corner, to Muska's plan, and they launch a search party for him. Meanwhile, Muska and she descend into the center of Lapida, where all the vast scientific knowledge I is kept. It's like a big ass, like ancient computer-looking thing. Yeah, sorry. One last thing. I don't think that was a grenade launcher. I think that's just a giant gun that she has. Well, no, because it has. It looked like it was uh, with like, the big boom, red tip. Put a shell in, boom, and then pull it. It looked like one of those old school like Vietnam grenade launcher, like uh, World War Two or Vietnam grenade. Yeah, or, but or he... like when Donkey Kong shoots his little like thing with the bananas, when he has like the banana launcher, like when it requires. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. I it's I really like the design of it. I just wanted to add yeah, cool. that. I thought it looked super cool, and I like the way that they use it. Uh, Muska fights his way through a bunch of roots that have infected this computer area and finally reveal the source of Lapidus power, a massive Ethereum crystal. Uh, he spots a little black stone tablet next to it, which ends up being, uh, it has some words on it, but it ends up being a controlled tablet as well. And then he tells uh, Sheeta his real name. He's like, I am Muska Decimus Maximus Lapida Lapidaputa. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm royalty too. Ha ha, you didn't know that, did you? And she's like, no, why would I? We didn't set that up earlier. And he's like, well, storytelling. <laughs> uh, he uses the tablet as a control station and transform the city above, allowing the general's troops into his trap. Uh, he, he projects himself, and then uh, the general's like, I'm going to get you, and tries to shoot something at me. The guy's like, what are you, stupid? You don't know what a hologram is, you dumbass? And then he drops them into the ocean below, probably to their death, I imagine. Uh, the entire yeah. world, once again, will kneel before the power of Laputa uh, Dude, for his efforts, of course. I was going to say, all the military guys run out super dramatically, right? Some of them yeah. make it out, a bunch of them fall, and then they get to their ship, and then they blow the ship up. Yeah. Oh, oh man, <laughs> that was like, cool. There, there are so many casualties. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, Shida bites his hand, uh, giving the armies a little time to, to get out of there. Uh, outside, Patu hangs by some roots as he tries to make his way back to Shida. A blast from the Goliath shakes him free as he lands uh, in, the, in a robot launching tube. Uh, that's cool. That's a cool scene where all the robots get launched out and they just immediately destroy the Goliath. Uh, he climbs. He takes his shoes off and climbs up that tube like a man, uh, like Dude, an Italian boy man. Shout uh, out to this kid's like hand strength because he's yeah. been hanging for easily 30 minutes now. No and Kevin, problem. It's, it's, it's the adrenaline. The adrenaline, Kevin. yeah, you it gets do, you good. Like, you know, like women. It's also, it's also when that woman picked up the car to save her mm -hmm. child. You exactly. Know? It's also probably because he hasn't put he's, he's a young Italian boy. He hasn't put his man weight on yet like the rest of us did. Wait, Wait no, like it's no, about no. 20. He won't be able to do a single pull up. I'll tell you that right now. Andy, what woman? That woman, you know. It was the he's classic won. story of the woman the kid versus was, the, the car. Kid was, kid was trapped underneath the car. The car was, you know. Kevin, what just, happened was a, a child was, a giant was being, bus. A, chi a child was being assaulted by a Honda Civic, and the mother came in and, and lifted the car like Superman when he was baby. Give it away. Yeah, because Give when away. you're yeah, it's just your your adrenaline just gets bumping like baby Superman. Exactly. Uh, Muska chases her through the central brain while Patsu uses Dola's grenade launcher to bro his way to Shida. Shida hears Patsu calling for him. Uh, he wants to blast through so they see each other through a little crack. He wants to blast through the crack. She goes, no, don't do that. And then she gives him the crystal uh, to get to get, get it away from her. Uh, and then uh, Muska like, catches up and basically grabs her and he's like, listen, Patsu. If you want, if, I'm going to kill her unless you bring me that crystal. So you better bring me that crystal. And Patsu's like, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, she chases Shida into the throne room where they square off. Shida tells him that this is in the throne room. It's a tomb. She's sooner to destroy Laputa before allowing the city to fall Always into the cool hands statement. of a dispassionate kid. Really cool okay. line. Really cool. Uh, yeah. 
that's she's like that's this is what destroyed our people in the first place this greed this need for power that's why they're gone we can't repeat the history uh then patsu catches up to them and starts bargaining with muska he's like i've hidden the crystal somewhere i'll give it to you if you let me talk to Sheeta. and he's like fine uh i'll fall for for this not realizing that you probably still have the, the crystal in your hand and can do all this crazy shit with it so uh i think that's a baller Sheeta, ass move it's pretty think, it's pretty ballsy yeah to do that but like what is he gonna i feel like it makes sense for him to hide it so it makes sense for him to like because I feel like most people won't be on, won't, wouldn't be like, no, nah, let me search you first, you know? Yeah, I didn't so, like this at all. I thought it was stupid. weird. Yeah, it's it was dumb. Stupid because he's like, I'm going to give you 60 seconds to talk to her. And then he, like, doesn't show any rush to get to yeah. her. In the, uh, so I, I saw on the Wikipedia in the Japanese version, he has three minutes to talk to her. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you have one. <laughs> very kind 180 of 180 seconds. Uh, right. Of course, once he gets there, he whispers to her that he's got the, the crystal and he puts it in her hand and she grabs his hand and together uh, holding each other's hands, they use the spell of destruction to bring the walls of Lapita crumbling down. Outside, Dolor and her troops escape on their fighters. Uh, they watch as the bottom half of the city, basically the part with the computer and then all the tech stuff just crumbles away, revealing the roots uh, from the giant tree that were holding it in place uh above which still hold the castle in its canopy uh, a blue sparkle shines bright as dola and her men make their way back to the city um and that sparkles from that massive ethereum crystal patsu spots their kite up in the um in the roots and together he and she use it to fly up above high above the city uh the wind takes them past the garden one more time uh and they watch as the robots tend to the creatures below soon of course the city of lapira floats into the distance and disappears uh patsu and cheetah uh, spot dola and they rendezvous with their with their ships and they'll kind of tether them together which i thought was cool uh the ship has been destroyed but worry not they managed to grab a few pieces of treasure for themselves before they escaped and i was like somebody really saw goonies or either goonies saw this and was like we're gonna just ape this whole thing because that's it. exactly how goonies ends did goonies come uh, it, it came after this right not must have come after. well this was 80 what was this 86 it was 86. Goonies, Goonies must, couldn't have been that much longer. It was past Goonies this. 87? I'll double check. Let's look it up. Uh, Patsu and Shida spot. Oh, excuse 85. me. Uh, Patsu and Shida wave goodbye oh, as the pirates. Oh, yeah. See, it came out first. They stole the ending. Oh, damn it, Miyazaki. <laughs> um, I trust Patsu you. and Shida wave goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Ult- top 10 ultimate anime betrayals. <laughs> top 10. Damn it, Miyazaki. <laughs> <laughs> the kids the kids wave goodbye to the pirates as they part ways uh and then we see a final image of lapida floating high above the city below as the lights will twinkle a little bit and the credits roll and i like this too because it goes day night day night day night the, like, oh, the credit the pirates. credit yeah the credit of it floating reminded me of the end of the chance warmers animated movie oh my god yes yeah. <laughs> maybe they stole that too miyazaki <laughs> seven syllables in the middle you'll need five for the first and last line if you're not poetic no need to fret it haikus don't need to rhyme haiku, haiku in review. review haiku in review you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny to write your review in haiku form, just like Grant Burton did. Don't mess with Dola. It's certainly not the worst. It made my shirt burst. Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. When they, I mean, it doesn't have to rhyme, but when they do. Well, when they do. Bonus points. Uh, Kessel Winks says, uh, gang life was mom's choice. Sheeta needs to pick a voice. Hamill's back. Rejoice. Yes, another, that's a another, good one. Another good one. Yeah. Tasty. Uh Kessel adds another one that I'm gonna read because I, I, I like it as well. Airships were so cool in the last movie. So we added three times more. 
Andrew Feisner says, Castle in the Sky. Sheeta can fly twice as high. Studio Ghibli. It's a reading rainbow joke for it you. It sure though. is. Oh, I didn't get that. I didn't uh, really? I didn't, I didn't say it. I didn't sing it because I can't sing as we fucking established in the beginning of this movie, you goddamn heathens. Can't we just like <laughs> let things be and not Why you you gotta know, be tear that? each other down? I don't tear anything Look, Blonde Tim, we can let it be. MVP. MVP. Oh, no, no, Ragugugu, no? No, we that was for that's for the other thing. We do MVP yeah. for this oh, yeah. Miyazaki, yeah. they don't got no good guys. They don't got no I'm bad gonna, guys. They just have art, motherfuckers. And MVP the list right now. Fujiko from Castle of Cagliostro. Hell yeah. Number two, Tato from Nausicaa mm. of the Valley of the Wind. I'm going to give MVP to the robot in this. No. The one that dies? Yeah. That thing was clutch. Oh, that was, the, the dying was really cool, but also it died, so it's weak. Right, what think, about the guy that gets I the think, gut punches? No, they, they were just for show. Uh, I, I think it should go to Patsu. Because he, like, him running up that thing, him he never stopped. You know what I mean? He 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 saved himself from falling off of a brick cylinder in the sky, Easy and and uh, but about four different times in the same in the span of ten seconds. Now Andy, one broke and he climbed the next one. Another one broke. He like it, it, this Andy, dude's insane. Just to be fair, I've seen Nick climb, and <laughs> when he says it's easy, I believe him. Super That's easy. how good of a climber he is. You know what I mean? True. Truth, I, truth I think I think Patsu and Nick Scarpino could be incredible contestants on American Absolutely. Ninja Warrior. Yeah. We need don't they both play trumpet. Both so. play trumpet. <laughs> I mean, why are you I, playing I think, it like a South Park character? I'll give, I'll give it a Patsu. I'll give it a Patsu, but he's not going to get anywhere close. Uh, he'll be last on the list for me. See, I want to give it to the pirates, man. I, I'll give I, the there pirates. Was any of Dola. Dola. And if it's going to be one character, I'm going to give it to Dola. She's she's Dola a boss mom, cool. man. Like, I appreciate I that. love how much this evoked Goonies shit to me. And I was just like, I like that in the beginning, but I feel like by the end of it, I'm like, they're just part of the crew, man. They're helping out. They're good. I like that it looks like they split ways. Because I, li- I like that, like, they're, there's, yeah, that they didn't stick with, like, uh, what, uh, Patsu and the girl. What's her name? Sheeta. Sheeta. Don't I kept go with Cheetah Dola. The whole time. <laughs> yeah, me too. They don't go with kept... Dola. They go their own way at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, they went to go like a vacation to fall in love. Yeah. It seemed like. Yeah, I'll give it to the pirates. Fuck it in the bucket. Let's give it to the pirates. Boo. Patsu deserves where do we put where do we put the pirates then? Fujiko? Tato. Above Tato. Above Tato. Above Tato. Above Tato. Above Tato. But not not above Fujiko. Nothing's Fujiko. gonna beat Fujiko. Yeah, Fujiko really is cool. such a Metal Gear Solid character. She's the she best. really. You know what? She's very similar to Eva, right? Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. In fact, like including the outfit that we see yeah, when she's like escaping. Yeah, you know, that's what it reminded me. Damn, Miyazaki's stealing a lot of ideas. You know. <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> shit. All right, now now it's time to do the ranking of these movies. Um, currently, sorry, <laughs> everything got messed up. My dad went away. Currently, okay, it num- stands that number one is Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, and number two is Castle. Castle. Castle Castle Castle. Tim, mm-hmm. I think Nausicaa is going to stay as number one because I put this in number two in myself. I put this in number three, personally. 
I think I think Castles, I think uh, Castle Cavagastro is just so fun and it's so silly and I love the vibe of that still. This one just was, it was cool. It was very well done, but I'm kind of with Tim where I'm like, this is running its course a little bit and I know we got 30 minutes left. I do want to, I always, I wanted to see how it played out and I thought once we got to the castle, it added a lot more elements to it, but I'm just like, uh, I don't need to see him hanging off the thing again. He's got to go save again. I don't know. I just feel like the story we've, we've done it once before. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think, and I, and I'm wondering how many more times we're going to do it as we go to like princess Mononoke and a bunch of other princesses. I'm like, we're going to get the same story with these two kids and over and over. Howl's moving castle. Are we going to get the same, like a, some form of, 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 of this story over and over again from here on out? Cause if that's the case, then I'm just going to keep watching castle. Cagliostro. Yeah. I love, um, it, this one's tough for me because I think, Castle in the Sky does such an awesome job with the story that it's presenting and the world that it's giving you. I love the 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 mythos behind all of it, but I just wish it would have told it in a better way. I wish the writing would have been more fun. I wish the the characters would have been more charming. Uh, I, I think you know Dola and the pirates were great, but I just didn't really like uh, Shida or or Patsu a whole lot. Um, so this will go. Because of that, just because I had more fun watching Castle of Cagliostro, I put this. I would put that above uh, this movie. This movie would be number three for me. I put it at, like I said earlier, I think I put it at number one. But that's mainly just because, like, the other two didn't do anything that, like, I'm like, I gotta fight for these and I gotta defend them. Uh, whereas this one, I'm like, it is very high quality, even though it's things that we've seen before. And the first two do have elements that I like sometimes better than this. I think that overall, this tells a a more cohesive story. If I, out of the first three we've seen so far, this is the one that I would recommend people to watch. If I could only say one of them to really understand what a Miyazaki movie is about, so that's why I said yeah, number one. yeah. At the end of the day, I think this one is really um, going ahead, going against Castle Cagliostro. I think Nausicaa is a lot more enjoyable for me. I would recommend Nausicaa too uh, over the other two, like any day of the week. Kev, I started this off by saying that it, oh, uh, oh. yeah, I remember Nausicaa, I think it's number one. This is number two. Did uh, we get something from Belinda? We did. Uh, Belinda says, I thought Castle of the Sky was gorgeous. There's so many sequences that were stunning, uh, spending the nights with the pirates, the airship fight, first discovering Laputa, uh, and just and beautiful animation in small in the smaller quiet moments. But the main characters fell flat for me. I found it difficult to empathize with Shida and Patsu, and somehow in the middle, I was even more attached to the pirates than them. Uh, the reveals, like uh, Colonel Muska being the king, et cetera, were just whatever. I put it third after Cagliostro. Oh, so damn. so voting now, uh, who thinks it's better than uh, Castle of Cagliostro? Raise your hand. Me and Cav do. Which means the new rankings of the Miyazaki movies so far. Number one, Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Number two, Castle of Cagliostro. And number three, Castle in the sky uh next week we will return with the prestige on tuesday to continue Nolan oh, in review baby. and then friday with my neighbor totoro for uh, miyazaki in review uh the only the first miyazaki movie that I, i've ever seen and I, I hold it very near and dear to my heart very excited to watch it for the first time in my adult life uh yeah, same until here. then it'll be the it'll be the first time i'll watch it in about 10 years or something like that so i'm excited too till next time uh, keep on flying in this in the castle in the sky. Wait, Sing the song, Tim. Oh, tell me why. What's up? Do we is- build castles in the sky?